uh, now showing podcast number 38. Number 38, yep. And what have we got today? What have we got? <laughs> oh. We've got some great, great TV shows um, and a movie, one movie today, um, and a couple of TV shows that we're going to go a little bit in depth with. Yeah. Yeah, because one of them is quite, well, well, both of them are actually pretty, pretty big, but I would say WandaVision is the most prominent one. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so let's, let's begin with Let's begin Ammonite. Ammonite. Um, I've been waiting a really long time for this. Yeah, and me too. Me too. <laughs> Was it everything that you hoped it would be? Did it deliver? Yeah. Um, I don't know how to explain. It's. Mm. I've never seen a movie that focuses so much on sound. And it seemed that there are just a lot of scenes where the sound seemed, I don't know, like almost oversaturated in a way. Like, you know, when she's like, doing the carving of like to get the fossils out and stuff mm. it seemed like very prominent or when she's walking on the beach and then you know um the waves are hitting and it, it just seemed like i don't know it's... well yeah i agree with you and i think that's what that is is it's using the silences almost like using the silences as dialogue if that makes any sense it's like it's very similar to um the way that that drive was shot for me because drive is one of those movies where there's a lot of silences even probably more silences yeah than i would dialogue. say i would say drive and uh portrait of a lady on fire that's that's the closest i think a lot of people are going to associate this with mm. um but i i found the silence probably the best part of it mm. um it just it just seemed to enrich the story mm. yeah i agree and the other thing when there's lots of silence even though the even though the actors are like on screen and there's nothing nothing you know there's no dialogue going between them you can just see so much happening and yeah. unfolding and i think part of that is because you're not concentrating on what they're saying you're concentrating concentrating on what they're doing like their body language and um, I mean, there's a reason why they say, but it's it's a reason why it's called body language. And in film, I think it's really important to take note of those things. And sometimes it takes like two or three viewings to actually see, especially with a film like this, to actually see all that's unfolding in the silence um, between the characters. And I, yeah, I agree with you. And that's probably why the sound seems so much more prominent because there was nobody talking. Yeah, and also probably. I mean, we've probably been so oversaturated with so much like um, like noise pollution and a lot of movies, a lot of things mm. are happening. Mm. Why it's quite refreshing, and that's why I loved Portrait of Lady on Fire as well. Is like, it is eighteen hundreds. There's mm. not many. There's no cars. Yeah, exactly. There's no trains. There's no planes. Mm. So Some, it captures it. Yeah. it. captures it very well. Yeah, I agree with you. It's and sometimes the simplistic, the simplicity of those times also. I think lends to the story a lot. Yeah, I actually believed it captured, it did capture the simplicity a lot more than Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm, um, agree because with you there were a lot of moments where, like, they were just making breakfast and you're like, oh, that seems boring. I, yeah. I loved it. It yeah. just seemed amazing. Well, to some people, it might be boring. Yeah. That's, the th that's the thing. And that's the reason why I love films so much. It's because the interpretations that you get from person to person is just so unique. Um, and, you know, you will see some things the same. Like like I said to you, you know, you talking about silences, I definitely see that in the film. And I see it actually as a, as a huge asset to the film itself. Um, but some of those scenes, um, and Ammonite, honestly, the what did you think of their on-screen chemistry? I thought it was quite amazing. <laughs> as, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, yeah. Obviously, there are sex scenes in it, and mm. it does get kind of raunchy. Uh, but mm. apart from that, um, but their it, chemistry is insane. But mm. yeah, but it, the thing with the sex scenes is that uh, you know sometimes talking about sex scenes can make a lot of people uncomfortable. But for me, it's only uncomfortable when there's too much of it and it's not really progressing the story or telling anything about the characters. And I think that the the, the sex scenes they did have in this were actually a, a huge positive thing like for the film because it it was progressing their story yeah it was it yeah. was it was moving it was moving to the, the next yeah. to the next level um mm. Kate, Kate Winslet was interesting in this because she was 
her character seems so reserved and, and like closed off. and closed off and mm. I never really kind of seen that from her mm. she's always kind of been like happy and bubbly and stuff like that uh, um, yeah well she played to me she played a similar character in the reader yeah well that's different yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it, different. when I say similar yeah. I mean it was to me it just seemed that there were similarities not very many yeah. but yeah uh, but it was interesting because it was it's such a weird movie because like she was such an established like um paleontologist paleontologist mm. but she just got cracked on by like the men mm. and um it was so funny seeing that dude like fangirling yeah. over her and he and like <laughs> that was awesome she, that she, she was just like she was just, just like, like i don't no. care yeah she was just like go away yeah <laughs> she just she wasn't buying a single Thing. And I actually think, I mean, I don't know whether that was as a result of her being a female in a very male-dominated scientific like area or genre of science. Yeah. Um, because back back in that, I mean, even now, I mean, how many female paleontologists do you know? You no. know what I mean? No. So, and this was in the 1800s when it was even more backward in terms of how they how they looked at women in society in general. Um, what I love, and that's what I loved about her character as well, because when you see something like Bridgerton, I mean, that these these two shows were not that far apart, to be honest, in terms of the timeline, because this was the 1800s, yeah. right? And so was Bridgerton. Yeah, I like this because it seemed more authentic to, obviously, I'm not, I'm not a royal family, <laughs> I'm not a royal or anything, and I felt really close to her in the sense that, like, we're all working people yeah. and yeah. I love seeing her routine. Yeah, that's the point that I was trying to make yeah. is that she was very different to the women of that time. Yeah. Even when she was looking outside mm. because she was you know, she was a scientist. I mean, let's be honest here. This woman was a very smart, well-educated woman who knew her shit. Sorry, I might want to edit that out. But who knew her stuff. And when this guy comes in and is talking to her, she's just like... He's not she, really. Yeah, talking he's to like me. he's like I really don't want to do anything, and even when um, what I don't want to do anything. Uh, no, like she she didn't really want to to yeah, deal to with, engage him. with him. Yeah, yeah. and um, even when she even when he introduces his wife, mm. he's like I can even the conversation where she had with the mum like why are you doing this? Mm, yeah, to her it was such a foreign Just thing. Like, yeah, and I think some of that lends to her personality as a character as well. Yeah. She was very, very closed off. And they don't really talk about that or show why that is, other than her relationship with her mother, which I thought was actually quite important because her mother seemed like... Her mother was hard as bricks, yeah. and you can understand why living... In those times. When you kind of think about like the type of living her mum had to live, she was probably born in the 1700s, mm. and... Yeah, or, yeah, or yeah. early 1800s. Mm. Yeah, and that's the other thing I was going to say. Because she, because of her, um, I mean, I think, I'm pretty sure it is the same timeline as Bridgerton in the 1800s. And women back then, this is what I was trying to say before, when it, became, when it comes to society, women back then didn't do what Kate's, Kate Winslet character, no, what she couldn't. did. You, had to you be couldn't do yeah. that. Yeah. You had to be married at a certain time. Yeah. You had to go into society, yeah. yeah, and she didn't do any of those things, yeah. and and that's the reason why I think when she, when she's looking out the window and she sees those women that are her age, yeah. all dressed up and kind of dainty looking, and here she is with her rough hands and her tools, and you know she's just such a contrast to the women of that age, and I think that's what is so engaging about this character. I could honestly watch her walk down a beach and go, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> But it was awesome just seeing her at, like, rituals and, mm. um, like, the way when she, she went would. to the beach and, like, she was, like, targeting certain rocks mm. and, like, she would go, okay, cool, I'll go for that one and then lifts up her dress to, obviously, trying to climb a cliff. And, <laughs> and it's just, and it just yeah. seems so authentic yeah. in a way. Yeah. That's really what does. some people really had D to do. Mm. I mean, she had to... She was a tough. She was hustling woman. hard, she, like when you when you when you think about all the stuff she do. I mean, she was staying up to like probably like midnight or one or two o'clock yeah. in the morning, just yeah. carving and, and that's making why sure. she was so good at yeah. what she did. 
and she and you know what she probably didn't have to work half as hard as the men I'm not trying to be sexist I'm just talking to the times she probably didn't even have to work half as hard uh, sorry she would have had to work twice as hard as the men in that in, in that particular um, scientific genre or what do they call it scientific um, area well yeah, it's like an like, area of science, paleontology yeah. science pa paleontology is science um, and she was just so adept at what she did and when that guy came in with his with uh, Chaucer Ronan as his wife I just loved that because he was just so it just seemed to me like he d he really didn't know what he was talking about and then she was just looking at him with he the strangest was, he expression he was a weirdo like mm. uh, I, I'm guessing he was a man of those times mm. Well, like, you could see how he was dressed. Yeah, it was just weird things. Yeah. Like, I think she tried to hug him, and, he, and he's like, we can't have a child yet. And it's like, so <laughs> I think she just wanted to hug. Yeah. No, oh, there was definitely an issue yeah, there. I know. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and I, and I think that's, you know, that's sometimes how life is. Sometimes life brings you opportunities that you're not necessarily ready for, or that you even see coming. Yeah, I think, um, that, I think that's a thing. I think a lot of people like this instead of Bridgerton, because it seems more authentic. To me, Bridgerton is like this kind of weird artificial world where ninety percent of the people will never live in because mm. it's it's yeah. impossible. Yeah. While with this movie, it seems so real and yeah. so possible. I mean, just yeah, the I hardships. Agree. Even when she was like going to London, it, mm. it was just like I know. It's like wow. You know, you couldn't just jump in a car and spend ten minutes on the road on the motorway and then you're there back. Back those back in those days, everything was was difficult. Hard as rocks. Yeah, everything it's just was difficult. Scary. And I actually, yeah, I really agree with you. I mean, it's not to say you know it's not to um, you know to dampen you know to say anything bad about Bridgerton at all because Bridgerton is good for what it does. Bridget Bridgerton is a good show for what it's trying to depict at, at that particular time. And I think they, you know, they are in similar timelines, but they are worlds apart in every other mm. in every other way. Yeah, there's the rich and, and the working class yeah. and the poor. Yeah, and she was. Almost on the verge, like of being poor. Well, you could see what they were eating every day. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like broth almost every single day. Yeah, they never had meat because meat was a commodity you yeah. couldn't afford. And then, um, just yeah, yeah, and her workload was absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, but what I loved about it was her passion for what she did. Yeah, she was awesome. She That's... had and she had purpose. Yeah. And when you take a look at all those other women in society, they really don't. They're just there for the men. They're basically there to throw themselves at the at the best man that they can find. And, you know, she was a woman that was forging her own way. She didn't have a man in her life. She didn't need a man in her life. And I actually think that's part of the reason why her mother was so hard on her. Because I think her mother was clinging, like, you know, the way that her mother was scurrying around the house. She didn't have any purpose at all, either. And here's her daughter. Yeah, you could tell, like, especially... Um with those little figurines she did them every day right Jeez. she was wiping them down every single day yeah. and that that was her day that was the extent of her day because she had nothing else to do because because kate winslet's character was supporting her was not not just supporting herself she was supporting her mother as well with her paleontology and you know what i don't even <laughs> No, I don't even want to think of how little she was paid for those things that she put into the British Especially Museum. Especially the the British Museum piece, yeah. when you think about a fully structured, like... Yeah, exactly. You can imagine how she must have felt going into that museum and looking at her work there. It would have been, oh, it would have been such a wonderful yeah. feeling. But she was so reserved about it. And that was the other thing that I loved about that scene, was the ending. The ending yeah. was so important in every single way, talk, when, you, when you're looking at, you know how we were talking um, last week about um, the way that shows continue, I think that for this movie it, it, it was such an, an important scene when you looked at it from, from the outside, outside looking. Well, having, having the fossil in between the two just mm, kind of changes it. everything. Mm. I didn't really think of it until you pointed it out. And it's yeah. thinking, that's her work. Yeah, and that's what was separating yeah. her in the end. She just... And her that work, was her hunger. And that's it, exactly. Yeah. Her work was more important to her than love. And let's face it. Yeah, let's face it, how she, many people these days work harder than they... I know, you know but work, there, work there, like that. there was a thing she also mentioned as well. She goes, you just want to put me in a box, yeah. just like the fossil. And I never yeah. thought of that like that. Yeah, and that was so important as yeah. well. I loved that. that oh, it was such a great film. And... That was just such an impactful. It had such an impact on me that scene, because it was like 
the fossil in the middle of them creating this divide that was never going to see that was never going to you know and I don't think end. she I don't think um, how do you pronounce her names Shorsha Shorsha yep Shorsha Shorsha's character like she didn't understand it like mm. she was trying to like she was trying to do everything she could she, yeah, yeah she could not understand yeah. how a person like this wasn't going to let love in her life you know she, and and the, the honestly the the bottom line is that she didn't really need it i mean you know some people will say she was really she was really um you know um, down in the dumps all the time like almost like she was on the verge of depression every single day and that she probably needed someone's love in her life but i honestly don't think she did i think she got so much from her work i mean yeah but i think she got burned and i, I I'm, burned. I'm still well with that other chick um oh, oh yeah forgot about that thank yeah. you for bringing that up yes so that so obviously they had a re relationship and you and you know that they did because yeah. there's that scene towards the end where she's talking to her this fascinating other part yeah like she won't even look at her yeah so they must have yeah so actually, i don't know yeah i don't know what happened and i i, I kind of get the just that like something happened yeah bad something well bad. their relationship just didn't work and yeah. she, and and i can't remember the name of that actress she is so good as well she's she was also in killing eve killing eve yes um she i think what she did to try and get her you know to try and resolve that rift between them was really nice yeah. she didn't have to do that and the way that she handled it as well i thought was just was actually the maturity because if you take a look at their ages they were very, they were very much she was very much 20 years her senior easily yeah yeah 10 to 20 years her senior and i think you know because of um because of uh kate winslet's like closed off nature it must have been so difficult for her to give herself to someone because she's just not that type of person so for her to get burned i think like that or really i should say hurt by that I think would have been so profound that she was just like screw this I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna do this again I don't want to get hurt like that again and it's totally understandable I mean I totally sided with her on that I really did yeah and you know when when it gets to the end you can just see how powerful that last scene is for me that's what I thought about afterwards I was just thinking about this scene where there's these two women and the thing is Shorsha Ronan's character was was kind of lovely you know, she was kind of... She 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 paved the way with good intentions, but yeah, she didn't yeah. understand the full circumstances. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what ruined totally it. Totally understand. Yeah. And part of that is definitely Kate Winslet's fault because she was very antagonistic when, when, when they were having that, yeah, that argument. Yeah. You could tell she was closed off. Yeah. And she was just like, you're trying to box me up. You know, basically she was trying to say, you're trying to close, you know, you're trying to get me to do something I don't want to do, basically. Yeah. yeah. And that was amazing. Yeah. Um, so that was Ammonite. Yeah. So the I'm not actually familiar with Francis Lee's work, but I'm going to be from now on. Yes. Very, very <laughs> because good. Because that was an amazing film. Okay. Um, so we're moving on to our next film. Yes. Very, very different to the one we've just. Yeah, it's out. still a romance movie, but it's actually rom -com. very yeah rom com. Mm. I wouldn't even say it's more of a comedy. I mean, it does have small parts in it. Yeah. And that's a uh, shit house. Shit house. Yeah. Directed by Cooper Rife. Cooper Rife, I think. And he also started in it as well. And wrote. And, and wrote. wrote Jeez. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's very interesting. It's about a it's about a, a boy or a teenager, a teenager that goes to university. Mm, and yeah, university. We call it college, but college. I mean, so no, we do call it university. But I think university is there. It's not university, is it? It's really college. Yeah. Yeah. And it's basically yeah. him trying to pave his way through being socially awkward and, and having no friends and having no friends yeah. and um I, I don't know how to explain it like it's it's it's, it's a really good movie mm. and I, I it starts off very slow but there are some really memorable parts in it mm. I loved what I loved about this is this is not your typical uh, movie about fraternities and college life uh, university life I should say what you kind of expect is the opposite of what actually happens yeah. in this film. And yeah, and, a, yeah. and a, like every university we've ever seen is like frat boys just drinking. Yeah. And then... Just just to that, I just want to say that we don't understand that kind of mentality in terms of fraternity houses because we don't have those here in New Zealand. Um, but you know what? Students are actually everywhere the world over are well known for partying and getting drunk and all that sort of stuff. So 
that's kind of the same everywhere. I yeah, think. it yeah. does. Yeah. Um, and in this instance, you're you're you know the main character is played by by a guy who is very much. I mean, he's very sensitive in terms of what you'd expect of the average teenager, I guess. Yeah, I would say he's a mama's boy. Yeah, yeah. I think he's been smothered a little bit. Yeah. And that also lends to his sensitivity in situations where he, he should probably um, not be as sensitive because, you know, that can put people off. And that's exactly yeah. what happened yeah. <laughs> with his relationship with, with the girl Maggie. Um, so, yeah, so it does follow... It follows... Well, it kind of, like you said, it was a bit slow at the beginning. It does track their relationship from the very beginning to what happens between Yeah, them. but there's like this really interesting like 30 minute, maybe like 20, 30 minute part of the movie where it just follows them two and it's their mission to find her dead turtle and bury it and their adventures on the way. And yeah. it's actually, that's actually really fascinating yeah. because I never really thought of something like that. Yeah, and it's just, a, all it is is a conversation between two people. Yeah, and it's just such an interesting part of the film and you know what I honestly didn't think I would warm up to this film as much as I did um, and that's why that's why it's really important um, that you do kind of hang out hang on because it does get so much better um, I, I'm one of those people who you know it, sometimes it takes me a while to get into a film but once it hits that scene you're just so intrigued it's like oh, what's going on here yeah there were some very interesting quirky things like he would have a conversation with the stuffed animal and a stuffed animal would talk back to him yeah. obviously via subtitles um but but how quirky but, but no but like it was so interesting because mm. it's a stuffed animal trying to give <laughs> insight to well, a socially awkward boy yeah and and you know what it's pretty good advice <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she. Which, yeah, yeah, she gave really good advice. Which actually like. is just him giving advice to himself. So you know, he's obviously, um, when it comes to certain things, he's very immature in terms of his emotional emotional state. I think, but then when you see him having this conversation with his stuffed animal, you can tell he actually is a pretty mature person. He just doesn't know how to apply it. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's I think that's the reason why so many people go to college, you know, go off to college or go off to university because they have to, you know, it's so cliched when people say, oh, you're trying to find yourself. But that's actually what, yeah, and what I think, they and what it was so it was so interesting because, like, it's it's a weird movie. Like, he was trying to find himself, but he, he just really needed to push himself. And then he, he found friends and then yeah, obviously exactly. found the love interest. Yeah, who, who at, the, at the very beginning was not his love interest at no. all. Yeah, and I actually think that. But the part that I loved so much was when he's having that argument with her, and he's saying to her, she, "She's like, well, you know, I don't want to like, kind of saying, I don't want a boyfriend. I don't need a boyfriend. You know, why, why are you yeah. like, like just hanging around?" And it was me? the same thing as well, like very similar to Anna. Like, like he was trying to say something to her, but she didn't she was, really understand the full yeah, picture. She was misconstruing everything, yeah. and that's that was making it even worse. Yeah, it's true, and it's like a lot of that comes down to your interpretation of what someone's saying to you, but also the words that you use. And he was just fumbling with everything he was trying to say until he got angry, and then it all just came yeah, out. Yeah, and that was a big mistake. Yeah, it, took, it all just kind of blurted out of him, and you could tell by that point he was just so frustrated, he, he had just stopped being nice. And he that's the thing, he was too nice. I actually think he was... You know how when you say some people are too nice? I don't think you can ever be too nice. But, I mean, he seemed to be the kind of person that would just really let things go. He would never force the situation. or And that's why I think he found it so difficult when she completely just reviled him. Like, she completely just... I think she... I think he needed to do that. I actually mm. believe that... he Yeah, he was just too nice for everything. Like, um, he knew that his roommate hated him. But he was just too nice. Yeah. Like well, he, in his words, he said hated, but I don't really think he did. I think I, I actually think that they were quite awkward together. And yeah, that they were was awkward the thing. as hell. Yeah, they were two awkward people who didn't know how to communicate. And sometimes when you're in that situation, you you tend to feel like that person doesn't like you. And it's not really the situation at all because I mean, look how much he helped him when he was yeah. sick. Yeah. When he was sick. Yeah. I mean, when he got like when he was um, hungover. You know, he that that's the thing about his that character is yeah. he was just there, there was a very interesting conversation where he had with his mum and it's like, Mum, I'm not gonna call you as much. Oh, that was so sad. But I think I think it needed to happen. That was so sad. Yeah. That was such a sad scene, but it was such a powerful scene as well. Well, it was important because mm. I think he relied on his mum emotionally 
and he really mm. needs to step under her wing. But mm. what kind of scared me at the same time was the relationship that was forming with his sister and her, and obviously the mum because she, like, the, like the, she was at every, she was like everywhere. Yeah, she was there. Every like she was getting time. drunk with her mum. Yeah, and I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that to a 13-year-old kid? Like, yeah, she was 15, but yeah. 15, yeah, yeah but still, still sitting <laughs> Yeah, that's example. like six years under underage, but yeah. Yeah, and I noticed that as well, but I actually think that was just really, like, the times that he was ringing her, they were always together. But, I know, but... But he, yeah. she did seem very clingy. Her, even the sister, and you know what, and what I was thinking the whole time is she's going to go through the same exact exactly. experience. Yeah. Because it's that it's that influence from the home, you know, from your parents that you take with you so much. And you don't even realise it until you're in this, <laughs> that situation that he was in. And he realised that he couldn't rely on his mother for everything. You know, he had to really take a stand and be strong about certain things. And I think that's such a profound thing, you know, to know about yourself. I mean, how many people are that young? And understand that they yeah. need to, they need to be away from their parents, not 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 with them. You know, it's it's actually a really well written movie. Yeah, like pretty talented a lot guy. more Corporate, than uh, a lot of people right. will associate with. Yeah. yeah, I mean, okay, in the heart, it is. Um, it is a love story, but it's a love story. I wouldn't. I would say that it's a love story, and also, um, like. Becoming of age. Coming of age, coming of age, yeah. Definitely is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely is. Um, and, yeah, that, that's what I liked about it, because it was so unique in that sense. And I, I remember that scene, you know, when he's breaking down and he's talking to his mum, and I was just thinking in my mind, how many how many thousands of students do this? You know, you just never see it. You never see that, yeah. that type not, of not thing even, happening. Not, not even, like, that, that part. And he was like, look, I'm just going to go to another university. And his stuff back was like, do you realise... As soon as you do that, your troubles you, are just going to come back. Your troubles are going to come back. Yeah, and like it, he he didn't care about that. Like, mm. and the stuffed animal was actually giving really good advice, yeah. which was yeah. like you have to confront this mm. head on. You mm. can't just keep running. Yeah, and in a way, she was as well. The girl. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. In a way, she Maggie. She was running as well from from you know she was throwing herself into all of these sexual relationships that were one night stands that she was having, and she was thinking that that's that's what you do when you're at college you just or, or university you just do this it's just the right of you know right of passage that you kind of do and he was just like but i wasn't even he, he was like yeah. i wasn't really even thinking about that i just wanted someone to talk to and when he when he said that to her you should her the expression on her face was just like wow i've just got this so wrong about yeah. you yeah i've just got you so wrong and that's it's, I think I think that that argument was the, the real beginning yeah, of their relationship. Yeah, it even seemed like that in normal people as well. Yeah, that's what it was, was. It was quite interesting because yeah. usually a lot of movies associate as the, the man as you know the, the the person that goes through many sexual partners, but in this case it wasn't. No, exactly. And but it was her, mm. and it was basically him trying to convince her to be faithful. Mm. Yeah, and stay steady. <laughs> even when they weren't, they weren't. Yeah, they weren't even. They, they weren't, weren't even in a relationship. Re yeah, it just seemed weird. It was... And I actually think that's what that that whole like saying. Are you in a relationship? I don't like that. I don't like the wording. I mean, a relationship is any relationship. So for you to say you're in a relationship, it's like no, you're not in a relationship. That they weren't even friends at that point, or they were kind of friends but not really. Yeah. And she didn't like the fact that he was pushing his boundaries on her. And she, and he didn't like the fact that she was turning him away. So yeah. I think when they had that huge argument towards the end, that was at the the proper yeah. beginning of their relationship, because then they were more on a level of understanding. Yeah, of each it's other. because she had no stability in, in her family life. Exactly, and she had, had no one to say this is the rules that you yeah. have to obey by. Yeah, she just. She learned that she, abandonment from yeah, her parents. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. It's like it's so true what they say to you when, you know, you have bad things happening in your family and you take on some of those those attributes and then, you know, that's who the that's the person that you become. But you don't have to become that person. Yeah. It's entirely your choice. And that's what I loved about this, is that when they had that huge disagreement, it was actually a breakthrough in their relationship. Um, when most couples break up, you know, most people when they have a, a fight of that magnitude, they don't talk to each other again. But for these two, it was the beginning of their actual yeah. relationship because they worked on their friendship first and then it went from there. And it was, yeah, amazing. So, yeah, this was a movie that really went under the radar. I haven't seen a lot of people 
review this or talk about this. Um, but yeah, you should, if you like the that type of film, definitely check out Shit House. Yeah. Mind the language. Sorry about that, but that's the title. That's the, the title. Film. So yeah, Shit House. Cool. Great. Now moving on to our TV shows. Yeah. Um, now <laughs> I, I don't know if a lot of people have seen this, but. Um, this harkers back to a different generation of like miniseries and that's the more mysterious and more thriller-like. Actually, now that you say that, it did kind of remind me of X-Files a little bit. X-Files, um, mm. even like the Wicker Man almost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like that. Oh, could... and even, sorry. No, you go. Oh, and even that movie, um, oh, uh, Midsummer. It yeah, kind of, midsummer. Yeah, yeah, kind of gave me that kind of creepy kind of feel to it. Mm. Um, so let's talk about what this is about. The third day is the title. Of yeah, the TV. it's is actually, it a miniseries. It's a miniseries. Yeah. Basically, it's two stories in one. The first story is about Jude Law's character. Um, his son was killed, and um, he finds out about this island called Osi, and. Um, it's basically his journey into this small community that is, I don't know, like neo-pagan, pagan, and they have some very unusual rituals, and it's mm. basically his life merging into theirs. That's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. yeah. That's a very good way And to put then, it. obviously, the second part is about Naomi Harris's character mm. trying to find him, going to OC, and basically... Just trying to understand what the hell has happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought that was really well made because I never thought of this to be two, kind two of separate two stories, stories yeah. in one. And, they, and, they, and it merges really well. It really, yeah, the, the way they did that was so well done. Because you don't feel, when, when Naomi Harris's character um, is introduced, I, yeah. you don't feel I, like I was, it's... I was like, what the hell's happened? Yeah. And then obviously... They, See, they I didn't. Explain. I felt the opposite to that. I didn't feel like it was like an intrusion from her character. I felt like it was just a con continuous, uh, continuous part of the story. The way that they introduced her. Yeah. Yeah. And at first, you're not actually a hundred percent sure why she's there. You know that she's kind of trying to figure out what's happened to her husband, as any normal person would do. I mean, he's just walked off the face, as far as she is concerned, walked off the face of the earth and disappeared. Um, but then you find out a whole lot of other things unravel you know, come to light after that and then you understand exactly why that behaviour was like kind of normal for him because he had done it before. Yeah. Yeah, and you just don't know that at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. but obviously on her side a lot more opens up. Mm. So it is it is a very show where even if you watch his side some of the information will come out and then on her side some even more information come out. Mm. Um, and it, it's... It's just so weird and bizarre, and it's it's actually really well written. Mm. The second half seems almost like a horror story. Yep, I agree. And yep. why the first part seemed like like Lost or something kind mm. of weird. And X Files. And X Files. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It, it gives you that feeling of the unknown. It's it's you know when you feel like there's something not right with a place, and you like get that awkward. really yeah, and you get that really uncomfortable tension. That's basically what you feel throughout the you know well, I would say for the two final thirds of the of the of the series, that's what you feel. The it entire just way. ramps up. Yeah. Like when it comes to obviously Naomi Harris's side. It just it just ramps, ramps up right up. Really yeah, it goes from hard. about sixty to like hundred and twenty. Yeah, yeah. It, it, things start to really move in terms of progression of the story, um, but up until that point, it is a little slow because you're getting you know they're, they're obviously showing you different uh, different interpretations of what's happened to not only um, Jude Law but his you know the reason why he goes to the island in the first place and and it just kind of goes from there. And honestly, when I saw him. Um, in the second part of the story, I thought he'd gone mad. I actually yeah, it was it was interesting because like you you expect him to be you know the driving force behind it, mm. but in reality, in the second half, he was I don't know. It, it mm. just seemed like he was just taken away by OC. Yeah, exactly. The more time exactly. spent there, the more brainwash you get. Yeah, and I actually think he became such a part of their community, such yeah. a huge part, that he was listening to their lies and he was believing them. He, he'd actually gotten to the point where he thought his son was still alive and um, that was all because that's what they 
they did yeah. to him. They mentally, they screwed him up so badly. And that's why when I saw him, his, you know, his hair was all wild and he had this weird expression on his face. And I, I just thought, oh my goodness, what's happened to him? Um, and do they talk about the time frame? Because it, it was quite a while, right? Like, Naomi Harris's character, was who plays his wife. They, they do explain it. They, I think in yeah, the title of each episode. That. It tells you how much time is. Well, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's been there a while. He's been there a while, mm. and you can really tell, but... Yeah. But what about Jess? Catherine Waterston's character. Yeah, I, I actually believe oh, she, was she was awesome. She was amazing. Yeah. Because you know what I love about this show? It's when it's that you don't know who the protagonist is. You don't know who the antagonist is. The story, I mean, sometimes those things help, but the story is just so multi-layered that you just can't tell who the good person is from the bad because there's just so many people involved, especially in the first part well, of it. When you understand the, the hierarchy of like OC Island itself and yeah. like how yeah. certain things happen because of because of because of a woman getting pregnant yeah. leadership can change and this weird like this all these rules yeah. like normal society doesn't abide to but yeah. in OC it does yeah and, and yeah and you said something really important yesterday when we were watching it it is actually like a cult so if you if you think of uh, any other TV show or movie that's that depicts the you know the um, how how a cult operates, that's pretty much what you've got here. It was it's very much like so a cult. weird yeah. and it's so awesome because like um, just the other characters, uh, uh, Emily Watson's character, like when she's talking about it. She, it's she feels like it's justified. Oh yeah, they're coming for you. Yeah. Or like yeah, this is what happens. Yeah. And obviously your husband. It's when when you get into that sort of cult thing, you you don't understand like how much I would say permanent damage is like burned into their psyche. Mm, yeah, and you could really see it when because Jude Law starts off as this this you know pretty capable guy that's run trying to run his own business and gets into some sort of shady deal with a couple of people and it kind of goes from there and at that point you only think oh well okay he's a bit of a screw up but that's okay when you see him in the second in the last act or last portion of the last act portion of the tv show he is nothing like the person that you meet he's a shell yeah he's a shell of his former self and i would say even worse than that he's just this completely lost person and, and and his reality is so impacted by what's been going on in OC that when he sees his wife he doesn't even know, like he doesn't even know or remember that the reason why he's there is because he was going he was looking for a son and he's completely forgotten what's been going on outside of OC so he he's like what are you doing here like he doesn't even understand why she's there and it's pretty obvious why she's there it's like you actually have been missing for six months or more and I'm trying to find you. I mean, you do ex you do kind of get the explanation later on about why she's actually there, um, and it makes sense once you understand what's going on in, the, in her life with Jude Law as her like wayward husband. Um, but it really is kind of a, a shift, complete shift in reality. It's it's almost like, hang on, you, you kind of got to sit there and say, what's going on right now? I did that so many times. Not that I didn't understand, but it just seemed like there were so many moving parts that you kind of had to yeah, connect. Yeah, and I actually quite liked it in the mm. sense that like, it seems so straightforward, but the more you piece it, the, the more you're like, why, why is that happening <laughs> like that? Like, it's just so weird. And then um, just, the, just the odd villages and stuff, mm. and you just... How they how they try and hide information from everyone, Naomi yeah, Harris's yeah. character, and how they try and hide information from other people, even themselves. And like, yeah, it's just weird own. things. Like they go into the bathroom, and just below the sink is like this perfect mat of leaves. They don't explain that. It's just weird <laughs> yeah. things, and like sacrificed animals, and just yeah, just it is very very strange. And that's what I, that's why I was mentioning Midsummer. Because it reminded me so much yeah, of that. Yeah, just that, like... Yeah, that, you know, they were pretty much a cult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it just reminded me so much of that. Um, 
and when you get to see it from the inside out that's when it gets really interesting because up until that point you're just scratching your head going man these people are weird yeah well that's i think midsummer doesn't doesn't capture very well it no. captures it from the people visiting the village yeah why with this show it captures the villagers that are inside they're inside yeah. and actually then, doing these actually, things and actually just yeah. then bending you know like bending the law well bending many, the law yeah, yeah like they, there just, is no law basically it's their law that they don't you know there's no policeman or anything like that they they have their own social yeah, structure like when she's like when Naomi Harris's character comes in and goes oh have you seen my husband and the the, the bar the, the bartender's like no nah, never seen him and but you <laughs> but had he's a been comment, there for yeah, a year he's yeah. been there for like a year or mm. whatever yeah that's just amazing yeah. And again, I never thought I'd like this TV show. I'll, I, it did take me a while to warm up to it. But then once you get past, how many episodes is it? It's like six. Six, six yeah, episodes. It's not, not all that long. It's, it's actually quite good, but it's the right amount of time. Once you get past the first two episodes, things start to really kind of pull you in at that point. Well, it, it was like that for me. Um, and yeah, I wasn't sure if I was actually going to watch the whole thing, but then after that, I was just so engrossed, <laughs> and just I really kind of wanted to know what was going on. Yeah, there was mm. a live event called Autumn. Yeah, third, third day, day Autumn. autumn. Um, and that we, was all, that was a live stream. The live stream, so we're going to try and see if we can get. Yeah, get we'll that. try and hunt that down and see if we can we can um, review that because, because I think it's twelve hours of footage. Is it? Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah, and it's also kind of like part of the mini series. Yeah, it's. I think it's in between the festival that's inside the actual the, the show. Yeah. yeah, so we're going to try and hunt that down and review that. Um, but yeah, that's third day. That's it's actually on HBO, I believe. Yes, yeah, on HBO. Yeah. So check that out. If if Midsummer's your, if you liked Midsummer or even the X Files or what was the other TV show? Wicker, well, no, oh, the no, movie, movie The, the Wicker Man. Man. Yeah, it's all that kind of paganism, Crazy. cult kind of thing. Culty. Yeah, then you'll like this. Um, yeah, so that was third day. And now we're on to WandaVision. WandaVision. Yep. So, so last week we, or the week before, we, um, we, we confirmed that we were going to be updating WandaVision episodically rather than yeah. waiting for the whole um, show to finish. It's, it's now getting very strange. Yeah. Yeah, you could tell, you can tell what they want to achieve. Um, I like how the first two episodes, they almost change time periods, and now this is a very kind of 70s vibe happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's still that weird humour where it's not, I, I don't like, mm, yeah, it's like I it's agree. not funny. Yeah, yeah, it's not funny. And then you hear, it, like, you, obviously, I, I think the first episode, I'm not too sure about the second, but the first episode was filmed in front of a live audience. But you still hear, you know, they have, how they have that recording of people's... Laugh track. Yeah, like a laugh track. They still, like, integrate the laugh track right throughout. And it just, for me, it kind of feels strange, like, it's not supposed to happen. And there, there goes the laugh track. And I'm just think, thinking that wasn't really all that funny. Yeah, and there were a lot of things in this where I was like... Yeah. Yeah. Cringing. Yeah, it really was. Really, th but I think they're doing, they're, they're doing this on purpose. For yeah, I, th I think they're doing it as in the style... Um, however, this episode was probably one of the more, probably the most important because a lot more comes out. Yeah. And now you can see, you can really see what's happened. Mm. Um, but my kind of beef is it's it's just too slow. Yeah. Like it's the pacing is a the little pacing bit is slow. Just, yeah. And I think that's because with with anything Marvel, you're you're used to seeing a lot of action sequences you know there's not so much the story really it's all driven by action um but with this um it's the complete opposite <laughs> there's very there's no action sequences in it whatsoever no it's not no yeah it's very very dialogue uh, heavy and um as you were saying some of those scenes some of the scenes are just kind of cringeworthy i don't mean in like a really horrible way cringeworthy but just kind of unsettling just i just don't like <laughs> i can't even really put my finger on it it's just it just seems fake and I actually think that's what they're going for. I actually think that's what they want people to believe because what I think is going on, like we have not read the comics and apparently this is the show is lending quite a bit from the comics. And I, I, I've confirmed that a couple times. We don't know what's going on in the comics. But what uh, the, the general feeling that I'm getting is that it's fake. The whole thing is materialising inside her head um, because of the trauma that she's experienced. 
and once we get beyond that and we're slowly starting to now yeah. which is why it's especially when she starts like the, the other chick was like I know that your 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 twin died and yeah, stuff and Monica. I was like and I was like yeah. oh yeah that's Monica and then she looks at looks at Monica and she's like what's that what's that necklace that you're wearing because yeah, she the sword because she she's like you know she, she's obviously put two and two together in that respect and she remembers it so mm. slowly her memories are starting to come yeah come around. Ultron yeah and, and that's what and that's why I'm so happy yeah. because I know that this is going to ramp up and become something really good um, and you know it, it, I love the way that they've tried something different that much I have to talk about because that is actually a really big deal you know they've tried to do something different and I love that I love that they've taken that perspective um, because you kind of get sick of seeing the same stuff all the time yeah I do I mean but my only beef is it's it is following a format and the format is they leave the kind of ultra spooky stuff at the very end of the episode so you kind of have to watch all the way through all this boring yeah. stuff until the last 10 minutes yeah yeah and then it goes yeah and then you're kind of like oh wow oh wow this is getting so much better. however i think only having 30 minutes per episode is probably the better yeah. because a lot of people just get so bored yeah and they know that and, yeah. and that's why i think it's so fascinating because you know they're doing this on purpose and i just can't wait to see what it ramps up to i mean how many episodes is it 10 I think it's yeah eight ten. to ten. Oh, eight I think. to ten, yeah. yeah. So we're only three three episodes in, and it's already getting to the point where I'm just sitting there going, "What's going to happen next?" Because I'm just yeah, they're, they're doing this to build, to build hype and build um, the tension, and it, I really am starting to feel it now in One Division. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was One Division yeah. episode three, season one. Um, I would say a lot of people that listen to this podcast are listening to are watching One Division, so. Um, yeah, do let us know what you think. Yeah, it's easily the the best episode out of all the three episodes so far. Yeah, I agree with that too. Um, and then our final thing is uh, Euphoria. Oh, yeah. Yep, Euphoria. Um, so Euphoria ended December last year. Yeah. And they said that they were going to show two separate, well, I don't know if it's more than two, it might actually be more than two, but it's been two separate episodes um, one that was based on Rue, which was phenomenal. I just loved that that, that episode. And the, the last one, which aired, I think, a couple of days ago, um, which follows uh, Jules. Jules, who is Rue's on-again, off-again girlfriend. Friend. Slash friend. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, I didn't like it. You didn't Absolutely like it? Absolutely no. No? No. Well, I didn't uh, like it. It's not because of Jules. I just felt... Um, you know she know. she um, Hunter Schaefer, who's yeah. the character that plays Jules, person that plays Jules. Yeah. Sorry, she she wrote it as well. She co-wrote it, wrote this episode. Yeah, I just I don't know. You didn't like it? No, no. Um, it's I don't know. Like I know I know I can understand where where Jules is coming from as a character. Mm. Um, it's really hard for me to associate to these characters because. I don't like them. <laughs> to, rela to relate to the characters. Yeah, yeah. just... Yeah, like, understandable. Yeah, like... Mm. It's a, it's I, a I, I mean, I feel more towards Jules as a character um, because I think she's more innocent and mm. more, more kind of yeah. naive. Yeah, well, Rue is anything but innocent. No, Rue yeah, is definitely well, not innocent. No, no, and that's what I don't like about Rue. She's yeah. just... She, she, does, she just doesn't care. Mm. As a character, I mean, I mean. Oh, I wouldn't go. For, no, I don't agree with that. I think she cares. I just think her addiction is more important. That's that's the whole point that that um I was going to call her Hunter. That's the whole point that um Jules is, is is making in this episode is that her the reason why she is like she is with Rue is because her mother is an addict and she doesn't want to be. It's exactly the same. It's like, it's like you know when you get. What do they call it? Twice bit and three shy, twice but once bit and twice shy or something. You know how that saying goes. She doesn't want to go through the same crap that she went through with her mother, who was an addict. And I can totally understand that. I I, I relate to that entirely coming from a home, a broken yeah. home. So that I totally understand. It's because 
she doesn't want to put her feelings on the you know put her feelings out there or her love for someone out there and then just get it kicked back in her face yeah and then she also mentioned that she's considering transitioning back she is and i thought that was interesting yeah I because that was really interesting. I, I don't know how rue knows about it well see the that. thing is it's got nothing to do with rue i know but yeah like, but what is rue going to say about that yeah yeah i imagine a lot well rue's on the bathroom floor well yeah that's the thing and I read somewhere, can't remember, I'm sorry, I can't refer to the source, um, but I read somewhere that the whole episode of Rue, um, before this, this one, was a dream sequence. That's what I read somewhere, and I don't actually know if that's true, I'm just, because that kind of changes things quite a no, lot. I don't think it was a dream sequence. I, I think it was a legitimate um, conversation with her, with um, her sponsor. Her sponsor. Mm. And that's what I found interesting about the sponsor. I really liked him. Why the psychiatrist, mm. I didn't. And I think that's oh. what I, I didn't like the psychiatrist. Mm. Because it's, she's obviously clinical and she's not really speaking the truth. She's there to mould her emotions you know, it's something, it, 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 it something positive. Yeah. However, just... with um, the the sponsor, he he was like, like if you keep going down this road, you're gonna die. Yeah. Like yeah. a psychiatrist won't say that. No. She'll go. She'll she'll mould it. Or try and make sense of it. Try and make yeah. sense of it. Yeah. Like. And I guess that's why psychiatrists. Yeah. yeah. And I th that's uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe that's another reason why I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, that's interesting though, because I I actually didn't feel that way. I actually felt quite different. Like I I actually. The, okay, I understand why you're saying the therapist came across as clinical because that's what they are. They, they're kind of like doctors. I mean, they are doctors in a sense that, you know, they're not there to care, really. They are there to try and help you to make sense of these feelings and actions, maybe sometimes even actions that you've, that you've made, um, so that you understand why you're doing them. And in a sense, it's, that's, that, you know, she's trying to help her to understand the journey and experiences that she's going through. Um, so that she feels better about herself and better about those those things. Whereas that's why, yeah, I agree with you when you talk when you compare the the the, the psychiatrist because it's a to the very sponsor. different conversation. Yeah, they are. Like he was saying, like she was like, oh yeah, you don't know how I feel like, and he was like, I've been a junkie since yeah. longer than you're alive. He's like, shut up, don't yeah, don't like, try that crap. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know you're high. Don't try that crap with me. And yeah. just all this other stuff. Why with the psychiatrist, she was just like, oh yeah, we need to. I can understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Like not really offering like that the truth, important the advice. Truth. It was yeah. it was all about um, her feelings, Jules's yeah. feelings. Yeah. And even though they were legitimate, I don't think a psychiatrist was offering kind of that much help. Mm. Mm. And you know what? I actually I've, I've pondered that that for some time, not just because of euphoria, but I've always wondered, you know, how how what I mean why so many people have psychiatrists and I understand the need to have someone there to talk to but I actually think that's what it is I actually think for a lot of people um, who've gone into therapy um, it, they need that person there to make sense of things because they can't and I actually think that's really all Jules is doing I don't really think Jules is, is like expecting this person to, to make a miracle cure for her life but I do think she's there because she's got no one else. I mean, when you think about it, she can't talk to anyone else outside of Rue. She doesn't really have... Even though she said she had friends, I don't know... I don't actually think she does. But remember, her friends are in another city. They're in New York, so she yeah. says, yeah. But and that's where she left. Yeah, uh, she went but to, it's right? weird because she has like this really good... like. Um, relationship with her dad mm. like like yeah. a lot of like probably the best relationship with a parent with a parent in mm. this entire show. show yeah and yet she really doesn't really speak to him and i was thinking in the back of my mind maybe she should be really Talking speaking to, to him because yeah. he mean, understands like he he's actually been a pretty awesome dad yeah i mean like he coped with like obviously her transition yeah and then like yeah. and totally and, accepted and it. totally accepted it He's dealing um, with a, an addicted wife. Addicted wife, yeah. and you kind of think like, and he's trying he's, to hold. He's trying to hold the family he's together. He's trying to hold the family together, yeah. and yet she doesn't want to speak to him. And yeah. I felt that was pretty kind of bad in a way. Yeah, but I understand. I understand that like what she's doing, yeah. like she's trying to keep her privacy. Yeah. But 
Oh, not just that. But, like, maybe speak to your dad no, about I think, some of these things? Yeah, I think the reason why she's not opting to, st to speak to her dad about it is because, in a way, she feels that her dad may be enabling the addiction um, in her mother in some way. And, well, not enabling, but, I mean, is, like, not as hard as he should be to her because, obviously, he loves her still. Um, and that's understandable. So that's why I think Jules is going to someone outside of the family unit, which I think is entirely... Fine. I actually can understand why she's doing that. She doesn't want her dad influencing her because of his feelings for his ex-wife or wife, which I totally understand. And she also feels that her father is more on, on her mother's side than he is on hers. Because you saw, you saw that, that, that scene where he, she, she just got pretty much got, what was it, what's the word? Um, when... when she got ambushed. She got yeah, ambushed. Yeah, but come on. That wasn't really an even an ambush. Oh, it was. No, she came home. She was there. Ambushed. No, <laughs> ambush was like... Yeah, no, no, no that's yeah. not an ambush. I'm saying like if she was at school and then she got was confronted. Taken as, oh, yeah, yeah. Like that's an ambush. Yeah. But the thing is, you've got to understand, well, what I think is, is that Jules considers, you know, I mean, your home is supposed to be your safe haven, Okay. And it's, yeah, it's uh, yeah, okay. finished. and it's been that way for Jules for some time because she's just had her dad. Like you said, they yeah. they have formed a very good relationship, and she feels she can trust her dad. So when she brought her mother into the picture without telling Jules, uh, sorry, when he did without telling Jules, she saw that as a betrayal of her of his um, of their trust, and I totally understand that because her mother has been an antagonist for for Jules because of her addiction, and. I mean, we don't know. We haven't even seen what it was like. We've only seen snippets yeah, of what it was like. Yeah, we've seen snippets of like. Yeah, but like, she's not exactly the most perfect person in the world. No, 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 no. I don't think she thinks that either. That's why she's going to a psychiatrist. <laughs> if she thought she was perfect, I don't think she'd, she'd be going to a psychiatrist. But, um, yeah, I get what you mean. It, it didn't, didn't seem like a big deal, but for Jules, it obviously was. And that's the reason why she didn't want to interact with her mother at all, and I can totally understand that. And, you know... When an addict goes on those, like, uh, what is it, an, uh, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, and they have those 10, is it 10 steps? Yeah. Where they have to, she was trying to do that, right? Because she was on her, the step where you have to ask for forgiveness from the people that you've hurt the most with your addiction. So she was on that, that step. And Jules was just like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to, okay, I'll go down there and I'll, and I'll listen to what she has to say, but I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Jules is at that point now where she's just like, nah, I don't want to. I don't want any part of that. She's already dealing with one addict. She doesn't want to really want another one in her life, which I can totally understand. And that's the reason why she's been so standoffish with Rue. And you know what? I don't even know. Does Rue even know about her family life? Because I don't think Rue I does. think to a certain point she does. I, yeah. I don't know the whole kind of gist of it. Mm. Um, and it's, mm. it is fascinating in the sense of that, but mm. I just... It's, Maybe this is maybe this is why I mean like with a lot of great TV shows you end up hating them but yeah. and they end up liking them but mm. um, to me Rose just a scumbag <laughs> she she's so selfish and mm. like no no I, self -destroying. I understand yeah I understand why you think that I kind of think that a little bit myself about Rue I think Rue is kind of well from Jules' perspective Jules understands that Rue is kind of using her. Um, to to stay clean, and and she even said that. Yeah. Yeah. She just feels this pressure that she just she's felt so many times in her life before, and she just doesn't want you know doesn't want to deal with it. And that's why she, I, I actually think that's one of the reasons why she left, because she wasn't handling the pressure, the emotional pressure that Rue was actually putting on her. And you know you got to understand they're teenagers, they're not going to sit there having this serious debate. Yeah, they're not they're not there to yeah. have a like a one on one conversation. That's about your maturity. That and, absolutely deep, yeah. um, and that's why I just don't. Mm. Nah, but I I agree. I mean, if I had to choose out of the two which that I like better, I would definitely put Rue first. That was a phenomenal episode, and I think Jules's episode. Um, it was good, but I don't think it was as well crafted as the first. Yeah. Mm. My only beef with Jules is like... Um, and you know, yeah, I was going to say yeah. this. You know the guy that yeah. shows up in her... You, they hardly ever show his face. I don't know. Is it that dude? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I, yeah, and that's... Shy Guy 118. 
Yeah. Who we know is what I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. Evil yeah. boy. Um, <laughs> Evil boy. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's. I don't know. Uh, there's something. Jules just. Jules is in her own world, mm. and obviously Rose in in, in and her, Rose own, and her in own world. Yeah. And. They're very far apart. They're very close in the same addiction, because obviously. Um, Jules is addicted to sex. Yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> and yeah. Rue's addicted to drugs. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think even though there are parts of their lives that they allow to overlap, I actually think they are going to be separated at one point and then they're not going to be the lovely, loving couple that they kind of imagine they, they are going yeah. to be for each other. I actually think they're going to drift further and further apart. Um, but that's just... That's just me looking forward. I don't know if that's no, going to happen, but that's right. what I think. Yeah. yeah, I think there's... I think their differences is, yeah, are I too think, different. Yeah, and I think this is a TV show where um, it's not a happy ending. Yeah, yeah, I get the, I get that feeling every time yeah. I watch it. Every time I watch Euphoria, I'm sitting there trying to prepare myself for something really horrible. Someone's... Yeah, to happen, like someone to die or something like that. But, but you know what? That's actually great writing. The show's phenomenally good. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. A, I can't it's wait. very good. Yeah, I can't wait for the next episode. Even if it is just about, I'm hoping they show him. They show his because you know his his family unit is quite interesting too. Yeah, I actually believe um, his family unit is the yeah. reason, one of the reasons why I watch it because yeah, they're yeah. just so chaotic. Yeah, they really are. So I'm hoping that he he gets the next profile in the next episode. Yeah. So that's us for another weekend. We hope you've enjoyed what. Uh, listening to what we've had to say about these TV shows and movies um, and we will be back on Wednesday with Wednesday. the next podcast yeah. podcast number 39 whoa yep. almost there almost at 40 almost at 40 yep thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you again on Wednesday thank you bye bye